Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you and we love you. God, we appreciate you. God, I'm asking that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would settle my spirit and uh, cause me to give a word that would bless and encourage the people. God, allow the people to be lifted up. God, allow your anointing to fall. God, I pray that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth. Let it be all of you, less of me. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say... Amen. Just one more time for just to make, lift a roof off in this place. Let everybody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So grateful for your dedication, all that you do. And thank you for all who helped out at the funeral yesterday. It's been a lot that we've had to do and go through. And so I just appreciate all that you have done. So let's start with our Bibles in our hands. And would you just repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. And we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Amen. Come on, put your hands together again. So uh, today's sermon is simply called this, Lifted. Lifted. Say it again. Before I, I go any further, the whole purpose is we all need to be lifted. Man, this has been one booger of a year. I don't know if it's been that way for everybody. It's been that way, way for me. And we're just coming to the place where we just need to be lifted. The Bible says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. So we're going to go to a definition of lifted. And it's this, to raise to a higher position or level. Here's something to understand that as we get in situations where we need to be lifted, we need rest. Many times the reason why it doesn't feel like lifting and rest is simply because we are going to another level. And the old saying is new level, new devil. There you go. So normally when you're transitioning and being lifted you're being elevated, there is junk you have to go through in order to go up where you need to go. Somebody said this way, said, I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. Well, in order to climb up a mountain, you have to have it a little rough so you have something to climb up. 
if it was smooth, you wouldn't be able to get up it. So lifting, being lifted is good because it puts us in a higher place. But what it takes to go through what you have to go through to be lifted sometimes is rather challenging. But let's, let's look at some synonyms of lifted. Some lifted synonyms. And we would, we would look at boost, raise, elevate, give a lift to, cheer up, perk up, enliven, uplift, brighten up, lighten, gladden, encourage, revive, restore. So all of those are a part of us being lifted So I I have to say to you that the challenge is worth what you will receive going through the lifting. If at the end of the lifting I'm cheered up, it was worth it. If I perk up, if I'm enlightened, if I'm boosted, elevated, raised, if I'm brightened, gladdened, lightened, if I'm encouraged, revived, and ultimately if I'm restored, it was worth what I went through. And so I'm here to let us know that we will be lifted, we are being lifted, and I just need you to hold on till your lift comes. Hold on to your lift is manifested. Now, now this is a different type of lift, but there is two car companies, one called Uber, another called Lyft, and the Lyft is L-Y-F-T. But it is a ride service where you are one place and you request the car to come pick you up, and then you, you chart a course. And here's the thing is, You know where you're going, but what I like about the app, it tells you how close your ride is to get you where you want to go. Well, here we are. We're in a situation where God is lifting us, but since we are walking by faith, we don't have an app to let us know how close we are to being lifted. I can't look and see. But somebody said it this way. They said, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. I don't have an external GPS, but there's something on the inside that lets me know I'm being elevated. I'm being boosted. I'm being enlightened. I'm being raised. It it, it may not show up right now. It may not look like it right now. But there's something on the inside of me that let me know I'm not going to be down forever. I'm not going to be depressed forever. I'm not going to be sad forever. Somehow, someway, my lift is on the way. Well, when is it going to come? I don't know, but it's on the way. Well, how is it going to come? I don't know, but it's on the way. It's, it's on the way. I just feel it. It's on the way. Now, sometimes our feeler can get us disappointed because I felt that way 10 years ago and nothing happened. But it's okay. By faith, I keep pursuing that God is going to lift me out of this. So let, let's, let me put this up, and then we're going to try to move. Um, reasons why I will be lifted. So we're not just going to talk about being lifted. We're going to assume it's on the way. 
We're going to assume it's going to work out. We're going to assume those online, we're going to assume that things are going to shift and change at any moment. So I'm going to preach it as if it's going to come tomorrow. I'm going to preach it as if it's going to come by the time we end this service. By the time we walk out the door, answers are already going to happen. Now, now in reality, it may not happen that fast, but I'm going to speak of it as if it's going to happen because I need to raise your level of faith. Because if your level of faith doesn't come up, guess what? We're going to be dark and down forever. And we don't have... We, we, we can't afford to be dark and down forever because people are looking at us to have an enlightened attitude, a boosted attitude, an elevated attitude, a raised up gladdened attitude. Guess what? We're the only hope the world has. So if we fold, it's all going to be bad. So I'm not going to preach it as if we're going to fold. I'm going to talk about it and put it up again and then go ahead and switch to the yellow lights. Oh, but put, put that point up reasons why I will be lifted so somebody say this say I will be lifted I will be lifted and here's the reasons why somebody say that say here's the reasons why all right I'm gonna give you 10 reasons and that's gonna how we're going to, to paint this this story so Psalms 3 and 1 let me read it like this it says Lord how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking and preaching in a couple places from Psalms from David. And David is talking about people. But I'm not going to talk about people so much. I'm going to talk to us about demonic spirits. And so our real challenge is the demons that we cannot see. It's the stuff that comes after us. It's the death. It is the debt. It is the divorce. It's the stress. It's the, the job. It's the children. It's, it's all of that, the demonic influences that are designed to bring us down. So I'm going to go back to that verse. And Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? The demonic forces. Many are the demonic forces that rise up against me. Let's look at verse 2. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Verse 3, it says this, but, now here's the thing, but is a word. It's a powerful word because it cleans up what's on the front side of the butt and joins you what's on the last side of the butt. It says, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the lifter up of mine head. So here's point number one, reason why you're going to be lifted. Because God is my shield. God is my glory. And God is my lifter. Now, here's the thing about a shield. Let, let me talk to you about a shield. Let me speak to, to it from the framework of uh, a, how can I explain? Uh, here's a good example of a bulletproof vest. When, when, when cops and people wear bulletproof vests, it stops the bullet from penetrating all the way through, but it doesn't necessarily stop the impact. So a person could have a bulletproof vest on and be shot and still be knocked to the ground, but it keeps the bullet from penetrating all the way through. God is your shield, and you may feel some darts hit you. 
You may feel some stuff knock the wind out of you. You may go through some situations that knock you on your behind, but it doesn't penetrate you and cause you to lose your life. Because God is your shield, he's your glory, and he's the lifter up of your head. If anybody can lift you, God can lift you. If anybody can protect you, God can protect you. If anybody can get you out of this, God can get you out of this. Look at your neighbor and say, I will be lifted. Let's continue to read. Let's look at Psalms 3, 4. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah, verse 5. I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. Number two, the reason why I will be lifted is because God sustains me. And here's the reason why in the middle of trouble I can go ahead and go to sleep and take a nap because God neither slumbers nor does he sleep. So there's no need me being up if he's going to be up. So I might as well go to sleep and let him take care of me and let him sustain me through the trouble I'm in. God sustains me and God sustains you. Let's keep going. Let's look at Psalms 3 and 6. And so David confidently makes this statement. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people or ten thousands of demons that have set themselves against me round about. Verse 7, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheek. You you have smitten all my demons. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Verse 8, salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Here's point number three or the reason why you will be lifted is because God's blessing is on me. And God's blessing is on you. And the the psalmist says God's blessing is upon me, which means up and on. See, just because you're living, you're blessed. But the blessing that is in you will come up and be on you because God's blessing is on you. That's why you're going to be lifted. God's blessing won't leave you lonely. God's blessing won't leave you by yourself. God's blessing will have a way of raising you and lifting you. God's blessing is still real. God's blessing is still here. He's still a miracle worker. He's still a way maker. He's still a wheel in the middle of the wheel. God is still in the the blessing business and God's blessing is still on you. Even in hard times, even in dark times, his blessing is still in and on you. All right, let's continue to read. Let's look at Psalms 27, one switching to another Psalms. We, we read from Psalms chapter three. Now we're switching to Psalms 27, which is one of my favorite Psalms. It says the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Let's put up point number four of the reason why you will be lifted and I will be lifted. is because God is my light and the strength 
of my life. He's both my light and life. He's my light and he's my strength. So when I'm weak, he's my strength. When it's dark, he's my light. So I can, I can confidently depend on him to be everything that I need because I don't have the ability to do it by myself, but I'm glad I don't have to be God for myself. I have a God that is on my side. And he's my light and the strength of my life. Let's continue to read. Let's look at Psalms 27 and 2. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. I'm going to stop just for a second and, and speak specifically on that. No matter what it seems like is happening in David's life, he's saying, I still have my confidence. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I can't lose my confidence. And whenever I say confidence, I don't think of confidence. I think of a made-up word that I like to use, which is Godfidence. The reason why I have confidence is because my confidence is not in me. My confidence is not in you. My confidence is not in political party. My confidence is not in my car or my house or my bank account. My confidence is in God. And since my confidence is in God, it comes to me as God for this. I'm strong in God because God is on my side. And he still sits on the throne with all power in his hand. I'm confident that God won't leave me like this. I'm confident that I won't lose this battle. I'm confident that I won't backslide this time. I'm confident that I won't fail this time. I'm confident that I won't fold this time. Because if God did it before, he can do it again. So I've got God for this. Now I'm going to depart from that just for a second and take a quick side note and rabbit trail. One thing I've learned in the idea of fashion, it's not how much you pay for what you wear. It's the confidence you have when you wear it. See, you can grab something that's on discount and clearance and wear it with confidence and everybody be just so amazed at it. You could take something that's $2,000 and put it on and everybody thinks it's ugly because you have an ugly spirit about it when you wear it. You have no confidence. It's something about confidence. You can get a job just on confidence. You, you can get a job done just based on confidence. I, I know I can do it. And when you find a person that has confidence, it's something special about a person that has confidence, but it's something greater about a person who has confidence in God. Let's go back to this verse. Psalms 27, 3. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. What is he confident in? Let's look at verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Let me put up point number five. The reason why you will be lifted is because God is my only true desire. When my only true desire is God, God is going to work 
things out in my favor. He's going to work it out in my favor. He's going to work it out in my favor. I know he will. I, I know he can. I know he will. God can do it. He can work things out in my favor. So I'm going to put my confidence in God. Now let me pause and say, have I ever put my confidence in God and been disappointed? Yes, I have. There's things I've prayed for that didn't happen. But the reason why I continue to put my confidence in God, because I put my confidence in people and they let me down all the time. God's track record with me is much better than people's track record with me. So I might as well put my confidence in God. I done voted for politicians and they done let me down. I done been with girlfriends that I thought was, I, it was just me and them back in the day. And I said, I've been married since I was 23. So when I talk about girlfriends, I'm talking about way, way back, back almost high school time. But back when I was growing up, it was called going steady. That's what we called it. I'm so old, they called it going steady. So that meant it was just me and you. But I found out you was talking to somebody else. I thought we was going steady, but it was me, you, and him because you had somebody on the side. You you let me down. And I don't know if you've ever had somebody that let you down. You put your confidence in them. You're better off putting your confidence in God and making sure God is your only true desire. All right, let's, let's look at verse 5. And here's the reason why. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Point six. Here's the reason why I will be lifted and you will be lifted. It's because God specializes in trouble. He, he, he specializes in trouble. Psalms 46 says he's a very present help in trouble. So when you are in trouble, when you are in a bind, when you are in a dark place, God is not uh, worried because you're worried because he actually specializes in trouble. He's okay in trouble. He knows how to handle trouble. We don't always do so good in trouble. But he specializes in trouble. Let me speak of Jesus for a second. There were times where Jesus told the disciples that we're going to the other side. And here comes a storm that was raging, that was causing a whole lot of trouble, the winds and the waves. And the Bible says Jesus was in the hinder part of the boat sleep. Everybody was in trouble and he was asleep. He was resting because he specializes in trouble. And so they woke him up and they said, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? Don't you see we're in trouble? And sometimes we say the same thing to God. Don't you know I'm in trouble? Don't you know I'm in an issue? And it looks like you don't care that I'm in trouble. And the reason why he didn't care that you were in trouble because he specializes in trouble. And so he has to allow you to get in trouble to show you how special he is in trouble. The Bible says that he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and he said, peace, be still. See, if you never get in a place where you need peace, you don't know that you have a God that can stand up in your trouble and say, peace, be still. Debt, be still. Trouble, be still. Grief, be be still. Divorce, be still. Pain, be still. Sickness, be still. He specializes in trouble. So that's why I know you're going to be lifted because I know you're in trouble right now. And God specializes in trouble. Let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 6. And now shall mine head 
be what? Lifted up above my enemies or above my demons round about me. Well, let me give you the connotation of drowning in water. The one way you drown in water is your head has to go under the water. But as long as you can't hear the terminology, keep your head above water, you're going to be okay. You, you Sometimes you got to be like good times, keeping my head above water. Making a way if I can. Sometimes you got to look for some good times in the middle of bad times and know that God will lift you and lift your head above water. Lift your head above the hard times. Lift your head above the troublesome times because he's just that kind of God. Let's go back to the verse. And now, and now. And now shall my head be lifted up. I ain't talking about 2024. Right now, I need you to lift me, God. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. I, I, I want to focus on the verse again. Would, would you put the verse in black? Funny, two funny things that happen in this verse. It says, and now. Now means present tense. And then shall. Shall is future. That doesn't go together. Now and shall don't go together. Now is present. Shall is future. It says, and now shall. shall. And at the bottom it says, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So let me put up point number seven and explain this to you. I'm praising in advance for the lifting. See, I'm going to do something now for something that shall be. See, I'm trusting that there will be and there shall be. So right now, I'm going to praise right now for what I believe God is getting ready to do. And so that's why even though I'm in trouble, I'm praising in trouble because I don't think I'm going to be in trouble forever because God specializes in trouble. So let me praise him now for delivering me. Let me confess my deliverance consistently even when I'm not delivered, even when I am addicted, even even when I am bound, I'm thanking God for a God that can deliver me, that shall deliver me, that will deliver me. And that's why I said I will be lifted. You will be lifted. I'm not saying it's happening right now, but you know it's going to come. And remember I told you last week, relief is on the way. So I need you to praise him now for what's coming down the pipe. Praise him now. So... The, the other problem with the now is trouble keeps coming now. So at the beginning of the sermon, I talked about how we lost one of our cameras, and now we lost two of them while I started preaching. But, but we still got one of them left. We still got one of them left. And if that go out, the folk online can still hear the audio. And listen, listen we're not going to stop anything, and I'm still going to praise him now. I'm still going to keep preaching now. For what God's going to do, it, it, it may temporarily be a trouble, but I won't allow a temporary trouble to allow me to make an eternal decision. Let me say that again. I won't allow a temporary trouble to make me make an eternal decision. An eternal decision is I'm going to give up on God. No, no, no. I'm going to stay in this because I know what shall be. I know what will be. And I have confidence in God that it won't be like this forever. So I forge ahead. I press ahead. I push ahead and I praise while I go. 
Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Because you know in the end, you're going to win. The problem is some of us really don't know we're going to win, so we don't have a praise in our spirit. But when you know you can't lose, when you know you can't fail, when you know that God has never failed you yet, you know I can praise him now. I can praise him. I can give him glory because I know that God won't fail me. I know God won't leave me. There's no quit in me. So I praise you now for what you will do, for what you shall do. For what you can do. just I just praise you for your ability. Even if you don't do it for me, I praise you because you're able to do it. Somebody says, well, God blessed me with a million dollars. Well, it may not happen to me, but I praise God that it happened to them because I praise God that God is able to do it. Even if he don't do it for me, I know he's able to do it. So, God, I thank you for being a blesser. God, I thank you for being a miracle worker. God, I thank you for bringing people out. God, I thank you for fixing their problem. It don't have to happen to me for me to praise you for it because I'm praising you just because you're able. Three Hebrews said, three Hebrew boys said, we'll walk in the fire just knowing he's able. He may not deliver us, but I'm just happy that he's able. But what we know that we know how the story went once they got in there, the fourth man showed up and to rescue them out of the fire. But they walked in there just on the fact that he was able. Let's look at John 5 and 2. We're, we're, we're transitioning out of Psalms and transitioning into John. I told you I had 10 points on why you will be lifted. So we're at 7. We only have 3 more points to go. John 5, 2 says this. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Let's look at verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So we're transitioning all the way out of David's time into Jesus' day. And there's this pool called the Pool of Bethesda where the waters would be troubled. When they mean by that, an angel would come down and would stir the water, and whoever could get in the water first could get healed. So all of the impotent folk, all of the blind, the halt, the withered, they all came waiting for the moving of the water. Let, let, let me pause and say something, that our churches aren't the pool of the Bethesda, but they might as well be. Because... The blind, the lame, the withered, the halt, the broken, they come to the house of God. And the problem with Sadiddy churches is they don't want the broken. They don't want the addicted. They don't want the undelivered to come to their church. But I'm so glad I'm in a church where, listen, if you're broken, this is the best place to come. If you're messed up, this is the best place to come. If you're addicted, this is the best place to come. Because God just might trouble the waters while you're here. God just might stir something up while you're here. God just might fix you while you're here. So if you're messed up, come. If you're addicted, come. Because there's been times the person who has the mic has had to come messed up. Who got the mic? Oh, me. Yeah, I'm talking about me. I've had to preach messed up. But I'm not going to give up on the God that I serve. So I, I'm just going to come. So all these people 
were laying around the pool just, just hoping something would happen. Let's look at verse 5. Now, it talks about all these people, but it drills it down to a certain man. It says, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Let me, let me pause and speak on that for just a second. This sounds bad, but it gives me a lot of hope because I've grown up in church and I have seen people delivered. But sometimes when people got delivered, they never were really honest with how long they had been in it. And so when I see people get delivered, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But then when I had delivered and I was in some stuff a long time, I felt like something's wrong with me because I'm not getting delivered as fast as Kelly got delivered. I, I'm not, maybe I did, maybe Kelly's not being as honest how long she's been in it. But I like how this tells how long. He was in it for 38 years. And some of us, if we're honest, there's some stuff we've been in a long time. We've been messed up a long time. Oh, we, 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 we've been full of lust a long time. We've been gossiping a long time. We've been bitter and hateful a long time. We've been unforgiven a long time. Now the church down the street, maybe they haven't been in it a long time. But us at Delivered Simple, some of the stuff hasn't left us as fast as we thought it would. But I'm so glad of this verse here. It says he was in there 38 years. But here's what I like about it. He kept coming to the pool. He, he, he kept trying even though he wasn't getting the answer that he wanted. Guess what? I'm talking to you about being lifted. This brother was not lifted, but he stayed close to the answer. You may not be all the way whole, all the way delivered, all the way healed, but I'm so glad you keep tuning in online and you keep coming to church and you keep hoping and a wishing and a believing that this is going to be your day. I love your dedication to your deliverance because it won't be like this forever. It may be 38 years, but this just might be your day. All right, let's, let, let, let's continue to read. John 5, 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Such a strange question to ask an invalid man who's been there for 38 years. Such a strange question for Jesus to ask him, do you want to be healed? But here's the thing we have to understand about God and Jesus. They never ask questions to get something from you. They only ask questions to get something to you because they know all things. So he wasn't really asking him, do you want to be healed? He was basically saying to him, how bad do you want it? See, when you've been in something a long time, see, if you've only been struggling for a week, you, 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 you may not really, really want to be healed and want to be delivered. Let, let, let me say it to you like this. Let me, let me just be kind of plain. Some stuff we're in, we like it. It, feel, it may not be good for us, but it feels good to us. So, uh, Jesus, leave me alone. Let me be in this a little longer. 
This, this, this boyfriend I got, whoo, sweat glistening all over his body. When he walks in the room, he smells like money. I, I, I just like him, but he's no good for you, but he feel good to me. So you don't want to be delivered right away in a week. But after he done you wrong for 10 years, now you really want some deliverance. But let's be honest, sometimes we don't really want it that bad to begin with. God, I want to be delivered from gambling. Yeah, after you lost all your money, but as long as you was winning thousands. You was, no, you don't want to be delivered. Leave me alone, God. Let me be. But once the tables turn, and let me tell you something, sin will always turn on you. It may not turn on you in the first week, the second week, the third week. But by the 38th year, I guarantee you it unturned on you. And now let me, let me pause and say this. Gambling in itself is not a sin. But the spirit of being caught up in the gambling can lead you to a lot of sins. Being with a boyfriend that has muscles and sweat glistening all over his body is not a sin. But some of the stuff that comes from that can lead you into sin. So here's the thing. There's some stuff we done got into, but by the 38th year, we really, really want it. And if you don't really, really want it, God ain't really, really going to give it. Some of us want to be lifted, and some of us like what we're in. If you like what you're in, this message is not for you. If you like what you're in, this sermon is not for you. But the question is, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want God to really lift you up? Let's look at number eight. Here's a reason why you will be lifted. Because I want to be lifted. I, I really want this thing. Let's continue to read. Let's look at John 5, 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Here's something that happens to people who've been in bondage for a long time. Once deliverance is made available to them, once the deliverance is possible, once deliverance is probable, we think of all the reasons why we have not yet been delivered. That was not the question. The question wasn't what happened to you. The question was, do you want to be healed? And many times when the question comes, we are so embarrassed by what we've been in that we make excuses for why we've been in what we've been in. But here's the thing. It's not Jesus not asking you why or how you got there. How, how are you still hooked on pornography? That wasn't the question he asked. Do you want to be healed from pornography? Well, yeah, you see, when I was four, I found my daddy's stash and since no, 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 we ain't asking you what happened in the past. We're asking you right now, moving forward, do you want to be healed? And the problem with us many times is we've been in stuff for so long and some of the stuff wasn't our fault. It wasn't his fault that he couldn't get healed. He tried to, but somebody always beat him to the punch. Sometimes it's not your fault you were broken, not your fault you got divorced. You did everything you could. The man just walked out and left you. The woman just walked out and left you. The child just ended up getting locked up. You were raised the child right, but they got locked up. It's not your fault, but God is not asking you about the past. He's asking you about right now, what do you want right now? And right now, I want to be lifted, God. 
because it's just too heavy for me. Let's look at verse 8. Jesus didn't pay attention to nothing he said. Jesus responded this way. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Let's look at verse 9. And a few weeks from then, maybe maybe something wrong with the screen. Oh, it's and immediately the man was made whole. After 38 years, all it took was one encounter with Jesus for an immediately to show up. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Let's put up point number nine. Jesus' lifting power is greater than my past. This is the reason why you will be lifted because if you get an encounter with Jesus, his lifting power is greater than your past. I don't care how you got in it. I don't care when you got in it. I don't care how long you've been in it. I hear God say, do you want to be lifted today? Right now, do you want to be lifted? I'm here to let you know. I can't answer for none of y'all, but I want to be lifted. God, lift me. God, lift me. God, lift me. God. Lift me, God. Fix it, Jesus. Pull me out of this, God. God, Lord, make me over. Make me over again because I I need this. Because I can't go to in another year depressed. I can't go another year confused. I can't go another year grieving. I can't go another year in debt. I can't go another year like this. So, God, I don't care what's happened in the past. I want to be lifted, God. And I'm here to let you know immediately. Now, your immediately may take course in the next few days. But I don't believe six months. I don't believe it's going to take a long time. I'm looking for some immediately to happen. That's why I told you I wanted you to say I will be lifted. I wanted you to say it because I'm looking for you to be lifted. I'm looking for you to come up out of some stuff. I'm looking for Jesus to step into your life and say rise, take up your bed and walk. It can happen to you. I'm not talking about just for the pastor, the preacher, the bishop. I'm talking about you. You can be lifted. You will be lifted because Jesus' lifting power is greater than your past. But, 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 Pastor, see, see I made, made some mistakes. Listen, I don't want to hear n- none of that. All I want to know is, do you want to be lifted? Well, this is your lifting time. Point number 10. And here's the final way that we will move into our communion. Point number 10. I'm lifted when I remember Jesus is lifted. Here's a final way to make sure I'm lifted and that I will be lifted. I'm lifted when I remember Jesus is lifting. Here's the verse that I need to put up for us, John 12, 32 through 33. Jesus said it this way. He says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said signifying what death he should die. Let's just take a moment and look at the cross. The reason why you will be lifted because over 2,000 years ago, somebody was lifted for you. He was bruised 
for your transgressions. He, 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 his, the chastisement of your peace was upon him and with his stripes you are healed. You're lifted because he was lifted. In the back I'm going to have them pull up our communion slide. Just grab your cups. This is a lifting communion. Get the bread ready and open up the cup. Those online, hopefully you have time to grab your elements as well. Now would you go ahead and just play that video and let's just watch. His body. broken for each and every one of you his blood poured out for you his life given for you Today, we remember his sacrifice. Communion. This is how we will be lifted, by remembering his lifting power. Let's read this verse, and then we will all take the communion, both the bread and the cup in the way that you feel to do it. After we read this scripture, you'll just do it in your own way, and then we'll move into prayer. It says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let me say this before you begin. His death is not just his death. His death is his death, burial, and resurrection. The greatest lifting was when he was lifted from the depths of hell and he rose from the grave with all power in his hand. And as we eat and drink, we are remembering both his death, but also his burial and his resurrection. You may eat and drink. trust that you have eaten and drank in honor of your Savior and let me say this again, you will be lifted somebody say it, say I will be lifted immediately in Jesus name alright, let's, let's transition into our prayer Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, God. We, we, we thank you for the demonic pressure that we're facing, that we're under. Because no demon messes with people who aren't doing anything. We are elevating and that's why the devils are trying to mess with us. But we will be lifted high above the trouble. And God, just like every pilot knows, 
that they have to power through and lift themselves above the storm to have a smooth ride. And maybe we're going through the storm right now, but God, you are lifting us up above the storm. And there's going to be a cruising altitude that we will cruise and everybody will know that God is on our side. And God, if there's anybody here and anybody under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, they have no access to this lifting. I'm praying that they would just pray these special words. Father God, come into my heart, come into my life, save me, forgive me of my sins. Lift them away from me and lift me to the place where I belong. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord. Let us rise to our feet. I want to say God bless you. You are dismissed. We love you dearly.